Welcome to the Exponential Growth Podcast, where we demystify what it takes to break into tech. I'm your host, James Hudnall, and my goal is to highlight real-life examples of people moving into careers they love, so you can too. Hey everyone, today we're changing up the format a bit. Instead of telling a single story, we're going to revisit the themes of the past few that we've told, and even more exciting, to me at least, share a couple of community wins. We're going to kick it off by talking with Lane Hamilton, who recently graduated from Codesmith Bootcamp. Lane! How are you? It's been a while. Hey, James. I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And thanks for coming on and sharing your recent victory. Do you want to share that with the uh, the community? Of course. Yeah, no problem. And thanks for having me. It really does feel like a victory. Um, I recently graduated from Codesmith's full-time immersive boot camp. So it was three months long of very, very intense being literally immersed into pretty much all aspects of like full stack JavaScript development. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so cool. And I think what has it been? It's probably been four or five months since we last spoke. And I think that was before you had joined Codesmith. I want to say you were working in retail, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Is that what you're doing prior to? I do have a history of working in retail. My last job was um, office manager for a small business in Los Angeles. Okay. Very cool. And so now that you've been through this boot camp, I guess I've got a million questions, but I'm going to try to distill it down to the most, uh, I guess, those that will best reflect your experience. So if we look at Lane pre-Codesmith and Lane present day, how are you feeling? I feel like a completely different person, actually, Um, between Codesmith really, really pushed me into going very, very fast and diving into multiple different aspects of development. Um, and really, you know, one of the things with boot camps is you're not really in it long enough to go super deep, but just enough to skim the surface. And it has made me like very excited to continue on this journey. And I feel like I'm in a good spot and very prepared to continue on this journey. Nice. Yeah, no, and that's I feel like that's all you can really hope for because I I too like you went through a boot camp. I didn't finish mine. I was fortunate enough to to land a role prior to that. Although that I think that program was supposed to be 9 months, so it wasn't quite as condensed as it sounds like Codesmith was. Mm-hmm. So I guess to those listening out there, was Codesmith worth it? Oh, well, we'll see if it's worth it when I finally land that job. <laughs> but but uh, you know, I feel like yes. It forced me out of my comfort zone and pushed me in the correct direction in like a structured way with a lot of support. Codesmith is very big on community and, you know, working together with other people, other developers, um, and really like also working on technical communication as well, which I feel like is going to be a huge boost um, in the job search. And when I'm out on the job uh, as well, like I think I'm, I feel ready to, as soon as I land that position, I can just like get in and uh, start contributing yeah. pretty much immediately, yeah. uh, which is great. So I think that alone makes it worth it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I totally agree. And so what what kinds of frameworks or technologies did you learn in the bootcamp itself? I, I know I, I love how you shared your journey on LinkedIn, and I highly encourage those listening out there to put yourself out there and do that. So thank you also for for doing that. Well, you're welcome. I mostly did that as a way to track what I was learning and figured it'd be great if other people can benefit from it as well, or at least those who 
you know, can't afford the boot camp route could maybe get an idea of like, okay, this is what they're doing in boot camps. This is what yeah. I should study as well. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, we did it, it's full stack JavaScript, although um, I personally am leaning more towards front end. I just found that I enjoyed it a little bit better, um, which of course HTML, CSS, the classics, uh, as well as JavaScript. And then um, I had a lot of fun learning SAS. Uh, instead of CSS, I thought that solved a lot of problems of CSS being a little bit unorganized when you get really crazy into your style sheets. Um, so I, I thought that doing SAS was so much fun. Yeah. And now what um, is that? I don't know that I'm familiar with that. It's like a, a CSS compiler. Okay. So it's a preprocessor scripting language that will compile into CSS. So it does have to compile before um, it can be read by a browser. Okay. Uh, and it is a extension language for CSS. And I believe it stands for some technically awesome style sheets. So out of curiosity, how is that different? Is that, do you still have the external sheets that you link to, or is it more of like an inline similar to like Tailwind? Um, it has, it has external style sheets that you link to, uh, but what you can do that's really cool is have a style sheet that is all of like variables. You can save the colors that you use to variables. You can save, I did some really cool button designs where I just saved it as a variable, um, or they called it a mix-in, and that's where you can actually pass in your color variables uh, into, it, it's kind of like a function in JavaScript, and then okay. that's what it's gonna render to, and makes it really nice and organized. So you would just, you have your variables, you can import that style sheet into your normal style sheet, um, it uses the SCSS syntax, which basically is CSS syntax, um, okay. just with some minor changes. So it's pretty easy to pick up if you know CSS. Okay. Um, yeah, the organization of it was super cool. And then if you yeah. change your mind later on, you're like, oh no, I didn't want it to be that color. Instead of having to go through a bunch of different style sheets, you just go over to your variable style sheet, change that. Nice, do it once. I imagine you built projects. Was there any kind of, I guess, quote unquote, career support in CodeSmith or was it more strictly technical? Uh, it's a lot of projects. Uh, however, the last two weeks uh, is what they can, they call it HireSmith. Oh, nice. <laughs> what they do in uh, HireSmith is work on resumes and really get everyone kind of in the job search mindset and some things to consider for job searching and interviewing and technical interviews and how to network. Uh, they did cram that all into two weeks, which felt very overwhelming at times. I felt like I was just being bombarded with information. I bet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the cool thing about Codesmith is that their career support does continue post-graduation. So nice. I can reach out if I make any changes to my resume or if I want them to review a cover letter. So that uh, that's that's another thing that I feel is worth it about boot camp is okay. the career support. And so for you personally, what what are you working on now? What's the next step for you? And I think I saw that you're on probably a well-deserved or well-earned vacation, taking a maybe a breather post Codesmith. Yes, uh, definitely needed to take a little bit of a breather. Uh, the The main downside for me to Codesmith was the schedule and how intense it was. And we're looking at, it, technically it was 13 weeks. We had one week in there, which is all ideation for a product. So it ends up being slightly over three months mm -hmm. of Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. with wow. 
dinner lunch break and then they even have us on saturday it was like 9 to 4 30 okay so intense all of that was very intense and i feel I, I by the end of it i just felt like okay i need to breathe for a minute however i'm still excited to continue on the journey so that's a good sign yeah um so yeah i'm on, on a bit of a break i'm easing out of the break this week i've been poking at some typescript trying to reinforce um, all the typescript knowledge uh, we did have a typescript unit but again the speed of the boot camp is just so fast where they're like this is typescript here are the basics it's very good to know yeah um, and um then i will be also kind of a beefing up a few of my old projects and working on studying for technical interviews lead code grind uh we'll see we'll yeah. see yeah. It's <laughs> so interesting bit. though. You know, I joke about that and that's, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but it's like a, I guess an assumption that most people trying to break into, especially programming, you assume you have to do that leak code grind with the algorithms and whatnot. And I, I guess it's interesting because I never had to go through that. I assumed that I did. I was embracing that as much as anyone can, but I was fortunate because I guess the program that I get into and the apprenticeship that I'm still in it was more of a, I guess a, they took more of a holistic view and it was actually essay based initially where they did eventually, you know, fact check the coding projects you had done to make sure that you had that baseline. But it was, it was refreshing to not have to, you know, do that rote memorization for the different algorithms. But I also understand the other side of that, where at least if you can go through that grind, you, you kind of prove that you can learn things like that. So I, I guess I get why most companies do that. Although I absolutely agree with the the program that you were in, um, essays on technical knowledge, I think will show a whole lot more about what skills somebody can bring to the table and actually how they'll perform real life day to day on the jobs. Because on the job, we're not just going to sit there and like, oh, hey, solve twosome, right. where you, you can easily memorize twosome and it's not going to require any critical thinking or a thought process. And I know yeah. some people like also just really, really love algorithms so yeah I, I i might be leaving algorithms for for those people <laughs> yeah no and again you may not need to do that to uh to do yeah. what you want to do so lane it, it's so cool because again if you look back in time when we talked whatever it was four or five months ago i guess we never talked te technically at that point but i can definitely tell that you've come so far since that time and also i guess i can also see that with the linkedin posts you've been doing sharing your learning in public and i think it's so cool and i would love to bring you back in a couple of months if it even takes that long after you've landed that job just to kind of use you as one of hopefully many case studies and members of the community that are you know you're not there yet but you're right there on the cusp and i think it's really cool because it, it paints a different dimension for those out there listening that are in a similar bucket or maybe even a little bit before you in the uh in the journey so I, I guess i would ask do you have anything else you want to say to anyone out there that might be in a, a similar spot well if you're out there in a similar spot and you're wondering should i do a boot camp or should i not do a boot camp it is very scary to think about spending that amount of money and taking out that loan but if you consider it an investment in yourself especially for the type of person who does better with like structure and routine and accountability and also the group dynamics and being able to work together with another team of developers and learn how that works is going to make it uh, worth it for you. And I know some boot camps out there also do like little prep programs, like Codesmith does a little like weekend thing that if you're not sure, like check out some of those, see if it's the right vibe. 
Yeah. No, I love it. And, and Lane, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the the update. It is absolutely a community win and we really appreciate you sharing it and fingers crossed for you to, to keep doing awesome things. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, the whole community out there. It, it really is all the community of developers and we're all supporting each other and I just love it. So that was Lane Hamilton celebrating a recent win. Now, when Lane and I spoke a few months ago, she already struck me as someone confident in her abilities. But after this conversation, I can really tell that she's learned an incredible amount in that time and that she's fully committed to her transition into tech. I remember when I landed my first programming role with LinkedIn last year, the job market was a lot different than it is today. I said it then and I'll say it again. I don't attribute that outcome to any innate talent I possess, but rather a byproduct of the systems I put in place, determination, grit, and yes, a bit of luck. With all of that said, I truly believe we shouldn't worry about the things we can't control and focus on the things we can. Next up, we're going to speak with Tayo, another recent bootcamp graduate. Hi, James. How are you? Hey, I'm well. Is it Tayo? You got it. Tayo from Ohio. Hey, Tayo from Ohio. How's it going, man? Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Why don't you uh, briefly introduce yourself? You are a part of our, the I guess, the Exponential Growth Community Wins, and we're sharing community wins. And it sounds like you, sir, just graduated from boot camp, which is definitely a win. So we want to learn more about you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I just finished a 12-week program at Hackbright Academy, and Hackbright's mission is to um, improve the uh, gender equity in tech. So their focus is on women and non-binary people, but they're open to anyone. Um, and I joined a cohort through them. I got, I think I got in in March and then my program ran from April to June. Okay. So that was kind of the most recent thing that I did, but the transition to tech has been seated for, I think a couple of years now. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. What did you do before the, uh, the bootcamp? Yeah, I have a background in social impact, sustainability, policy, education. Um, I'm a liberal arts grad. I studied politics and East Asian studies in school and did a lot of different things kind of related to travel and talking to people, working with people in different places, different industries. So I think for me, gravitating towards the social impact type of space. I, I just wanted to explore different things in the world and get a feel for what kind of moved me because when I was fresh out of school, I didn't necessarily know, right? Yeah. And um, being in kind of the social impact, often nonprofit spaces, I felt like there was a lot of flexibility to wear many different hats, try your hand at many different problems. So I did that in a few different iterations for about five years okay. after college. And I can talk more specifically about that. But in design thinking, there's a principle that I really like of divergence before convergence, which I like to think of as throwing a lot of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And I felt like I threw a lot of different things at the wall before I started to kind of converge on a specific career path or lifestyle that I wanted to have. Okay. Is it software development that you graduated, That the program that you joined? Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the last aspect of tech that I explored. So I had done some Coursera intro classes through the Google career certificates and project management, data analytics, UX design. And I know a lot of people who work in tech. I live in the Bay Area these days. And I've 
I've always loved hearing like, what do you do as a user experience researcher? Or what do you do as a cybersecurity engineer? Things like that. But there was some sort of kind of embedded thought in my head that, oh, I'm not really cut out for the super technical stuff. So let me look at everything else possible. And eventually I kind of gave myself permission to go after doing something more technical. And that's kind of the time where I was looking at boot camps and maybe leaning a little more heavily into investing in my, in my technical skill growth. Okay. Okay. And I guess this isn't the boot camp episode, but I am curious. So you chose Hackbright. Was there a reason you chose that over, I guess, any of the other X programs that are out there? The biggest reason is that I got into a sponsored cohort that was paid for by a company. That's a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I had kind of been sitting on the idea of either a boot camp that's that's organized and paid for or one of the like free online iterations. I've I've done some of the segments of free code camp, for example. Um, and when I was first kind of figuring out what what are resources that are available for people who are interested in in coding. But yeah, having a paid opportunity was the biggest factor for Hackbright. And then I, I think the mission is appealing in that it attracts a certain crowd of people, people who are committed to diversity and inclusion in many different forms, people who are really coming from a variety of non-traditional backgrounds. So that was a plus for Hackbright that I'm sure other boot camps have that, but maybe it's not quite as explicit as it is uh, for Hackbright. And um, it just kind of worked with my schedules fully remote. And I understand a lot of them are fully remote now. But everything just kind of happened right time, right place for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so it sounds like you had a little bit of prior exposure, maybe to programming, like you said, through the Coursera. And and I'm curious, both personally, and I'm sure those out there listening will be as well. How was it learning how to code, quote unquote? You know, did you struggle at times? Were you able to work through that? How did that process go for you? I think the, the biggest struggle for me was learning to be patient with myself Mm. because there's so much information, content, resources online for learning any aspect of coding, right? Yeah. So if if you're running into a problem, there's an answer somewhere, yeah. or there's someone who can get you to an answer. But the important part is your process and dealing with that problem. And for me, I I can very easily default to being frustrated if I can't figure it out quickly on my own. And in any sort of when you're learning something new, you might have like that first bit where you're learning a lot of stuff and it feels really great. And then you hit a plateau. Um, And I've experienced that with learning foreign languages before I've lived abroad. I um, have invested a lot of time in learning foreign languages when I was in in college. But um, I think with with coding, it was one of those things where like I really this, I need to see this as a long-term thing, right? Like, even if it's just a hobby right now or something I'm curious about, I can't be rash in my, my relationship with it. So I think that was the biggest thing that I learned. The other thing is that like, you can see your progress maybe a little bit more clearly than in some other areas of learning, because if you're learning a language, for example, or if you're going through a the parts of a stack like free code camp has you start with html and css and then move the javascript and i did 
like every I did the HTML and the CSS portions and then a little bit of the JavaScript a couple of years ago. And just being able to really clearly see how one thing builds on something else is really helpful for that that long-term mindset. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And I guess in the program that you did, were there a lot of projects that you guys completed to help solidify the concepts you were learning? We had a a lot of labs, um, homework assignments, and the labs were done with pair programming. So a good aspect of... um, coding as I understand it is is the communication and being able to talk through a problem and talk about potential approaches and that was all very helpful we only had kind of one major project one capstone project that people worked on for the second half or the the last third of the program so it might not been as project focused as some other boot camps but the daily homeworks and the labs that happened especially in the first four weeks of the program um, helped kind of solidify, there was a decent amount of experiential learning in that. Okay. And so in the, in the journey now, your journey into tech, what are the next steps for you? It sounds like you've graduated. Are you right in the job hunt? Maybe you're taking a break, decompressing from the, the program that you did. What are you working on now? Yeah. So I finished about two weeks ago and uh, for the 4th of July weekend, I got a last minute invite to do a backpacking trip in Yosemite with with some friends. Nice. So that was a nice kind of vacation reset that I wasn't expecting, but it was very helpful for me yeah. to just be completely away from a screen for a little right. bit, you know, because when you're in boot camp mode, you're just you're just grinding away for anywhere from like eight to twelve hours a day. So it felt good to take a step back. And I have a lot of other things happening. Uh, in the in July and August for some of my kind of volunteering um, okay. and community commitments. So it's nice to bring a little bit back, uh, bring that stuff back into the fold. Um, for the navigating the, the job search, I haven't applied to things yet. I, I've always had success talking to people first. And, you know, I know a lot of people who work in tech in the Bay Area. And the first thing that I'm trying to do is catch up with them and say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Here's what I've been up to. Um, I'd love to hear your advice on what I should be looking for. And yeah. that was that I actually got a lot of useful uh, pointers from people when I was first looking at boot camps. And uh, this is just a great time to kind of check in with those people who've been mentors for me so far. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a great approach. I definitely I'm, I'm not prescriptive because I, I, I honestly feel like, you know, I I broke into tech in a much different job market. It's not necessarily testament to me being amazing or anything like that. And I readily admit, you know, things are totally different now. And I think it's so smart to approach it the way you're doing it. And a lot of the people that I've interviewed, especially recently, they've had success in a similar way in, I don't want to call it networking, but that's, it's more like a genuine connections. Like you say, you have these people that you've already talked with and it's just a natural extension. It's like, hey, how are you doing? What are you working on? I just graduated this boot camp. Maybe you've got a project you can show them. And like you said, you're asking for advice as to what you might do next. And that could naturally lead to, uh, oh, actually, you know, it's not advertised, but we have this entry level position that maybe you'd be a good fit for. So I could definitely see that potentially in your, uh, your very near horizon if you keep that up. Yeah, totally. I spent a couple of years working as a career advisor at my alma mater. And okay. so I, I used to talk to people, coach people on 
networking, informational interviews. Yeah. And I think the big thing, I love networking, which might seem like a strange concept to say, but for me, it's always about what can I learn from other people and what can I yeah. teach other people? So I do think the transactional mindset is the first thing that a lot of folks think of. But if you take that out of the equation and you focus on relationships, I just think it's really enjoyable. Yeah. And that kind of reframing, I think, makes it enjoyable for a lot of people. And if you really are thinking about it transactionally, it's usually better for you in the long run. Because if you have these, like I have some mentors that I've known for years, people who like I have uh, an old eighth grade English teacher who lives in San Francisco and he's been a software engineer for the last several years. He's done a lot of, he's worked at big tech companies. He's worked at startups and I've known him since I was 13, 14 yeah. and it's totally different context, but just keeping in touch and seeing what he's been up to. And uh, he's like one of those mentors that I come back to. Right. And it's just so nice to have someone that can give you maybe someone does have a job opportunity for you, or maybe someone just is willing to look over your portfolio, but whatever yeah. it is to have people in your corner that you can reach out to, that's the real, the yeah. real thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I love your story. I love every story and every interview that I do, but I, I especially love the fact that you used to be a career coach and maybe you still do that. And it's almost like if you can zoom out, you're like trying to coach yourself in the transition you're trying to do. So I feel like it's really cool that you get to explore it from that aspect. And again, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story now. So far up until this episode, I guess we, we've we almost been what I think Andy Duke calls resulting, where we're just like, oh, here's someone who made it, and here's all the steps that worked. And maybe if you do all those things, it would work. But that's not really what we're trying to do. We're trying to <laughs> you know give different blueprints to see, uh, I guess, to better understand frameworks that work for people. And I think it's so cool being able to share your story, because from what I'm hearing, you're you're already successful, but I can tell I, I strongly feel you're going to be successful in this current venture that you're doing. And I love that we get to have the initial conversation now and to talk about where you're at now. And I would love to bring you back on in maybe a couple of months once you've landed that to say, yeah, see, guys, we told you we, we knew that Tyo from <laughs> Ohio was going to do what he did. And there he goes. So you can do it, too. And I, I just think it's so cool. And I, I guess I would ask you, Tyo, to close it out. Maybe is there anything that you would want to say to anybody like you out there? Maybe they're where you're at in the journey. Maybe they're a little bit before you. Yeah. Yeah. I think giving yourself permission to try uh, new things or things that you think you might not be cut out for. We might learn so many things through our upbringing or our education or whatnot that are limiting uh, potential opportunities for ourselves. And I think a lot of the quote unquote success I've had in the last several years is actually unlearning some of those self-limiting beliefs and being able to say, you know what, I'm not going to judge this idea that I have. I'm just going to try it. Yeah. And that doesn't have to happen. It usually doesn't happen overnight. And if you're successful at it once, it doesn't mean that you'll be successful at it tomorrow. You know, I've I've had my ups and downs with that sense of growth versus stagnation. But I think at the end of the day, for anyone who's considering making this kind of a jump, having a little bit of faith in yourself and having faith that things can work out. Um, if you do believe in yourself and you apply yourself to those unknown frontiers, that's kind of what's going to carry you. Yeah, man, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's almost like if you refuse to give up, it's like your, your success is guaranteed. It's just a matter of time. And maybe that's a no brainer in hindsight, but I truly believe that. And I've heard that time and time again 
with people I've talked to in all walks of life, where if you, you've got that burning desire and that passion to achieve something and you refuse to relent, you are going to get there. And I know you are as well. And I know I'm not the only one that's going to enjoy watching you in this journey. So again, man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing where you're at and would love to have you back in the near future once you've landed that role. Absolutely. It's, it's my pleasure to speak with you, James. Thanks for having me. So that was Tayo sharing his recent win. Now, to those of you that have listened to just about any of the recent episodes we've shared here on Exponential Growth, you already know the importance of putting yourself out there. One of the coolest things about being able to share Tayo's story with you today is how we met. Tayo tagged me in a LinkedIn post a few weeks back when he graduated from boot camp, thanking me for the content I'd written alongside several others. That simple act of tagging me in a post is what made me think of him when I was brainstorming this episode on Community Wins. It cost him nothing, but led to him getting his own story out to any of you out there listening now. Now, I'm not Willy Wonka, and I'm not saying Tayo's post was akin to him holding a golden ticket. I am sharing this as an example of some of the potential benefits you will experience if you start putting yourself out there. Remember, it's hard to get discovered if no one knows you exist. On the topic of putting yourself out there, I want to share an excerpt from an episode that came out a few weeks ago, featuring Jordan Manley. Jordan shared a tremendous story, and I'd encourage you to go listen to the entire conversation if you haven't already, but this particular part really stuck with me. If you looked at my resume, let's imagine I'm I'm 30 at this point. It's 2014 or so. There was nothing on my resume that was good. I had worked a lot of retail, and of course, not, not that that's bad, but that does not in any way set you at the top of the pile to get called to be interviewed as a software engineer. I had not been ever successful in college. I had dropped out of high school. And so what could I put on my resume that would make anyone want to call me to think that this guy's going to be a promising entry-level candidate for software engineering? So I was aware of that. And I thought, okay, it's not going to be very useful for me to apply to jobs online or send my resume in or anything else. So I just went anywhere I could, where I could have my phone in my hand and show people that website which was part of the reason it was so important to me that the website was responsive because I needed to be able to show it to you on my phone since I often didn't have my computer with me. And that meant I went to every kind of meetup or job fair or anything, anywhere I could get around people and show them, here's this website that I built. And one of the bonuses of basing it around that picnic was I didn't lead with, I'm looking for a job. I led with, hey, I host a really fun picnic on Sundays. I've built this website here. If you're ever interested, I don't know if you're in the city on Sunday, you like to get together with fun people. I'd love to have you come. And people would look at it and they'd be like, oh, that sounds fun. They'd ask one or two questions, but they didn't then say, what's this website? Oh, I built this website in order to let people know where the picnic is, if you want to come, if you have questions, whatever else. Wow, you built that? Yeah, I built that. What, what are you doing now? I work, I work in retail, but I'm looking for a job as a software developer. Really? Oh, that, and that led to referrals. It was pretty much as simple as that. That clip really speaks for itself. Again, if you haven't heard all of Jordan's story, I highly encourage you to check out episode 28. And that's it for this week's episode. There were a few more community wins I wanted to share live, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts, including one from Coleman Eskew, who recently landed his first programming role. And remember, you are a member of this community. It doesn't matter if you've never engaged. It doesn't matter if you've never posted. If you want to share your recent win, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I truly believe the community grows stronger with every story we share, and you don't necessarily have to have crossed the finish line just yet. Let me know if you enjoyed this format. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's show, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on Apple or Spotify. 
It's a free way you can support the show and help other people just like you find the story and others like it. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. And most importantly, if you know someone that might be interested in breaking into tech, tell them about the show.